Hello and welcome to the RevOps Spot. We talk about measurement. What are you measuring? What is the value inherent in any particular customer? The last thing you want is somebody who buys your service and then doesn't use it effectively. Obviously, sales teams are interested in making sales, but marketing's job is to deliver them quality leads, not just leads. It's just aligning that we're all actually trying to achieve the same set of objectives. Welcome to the RevOps Spot, the show that goes deep into the world of revenue operations to deliver applied insights you can use to grow your business. I'm your host, Chris Bayliss, and I'm joined by my co-host, Charles Proctor. Hi, Charles. Hello. So in today's episode, we're going to start by really getting off on the ground floor and talking about what RevOps actually is, and indeed what it isn't. And we'll discuss the ins and outs of the functions that make up an efficient revenue operations function and offer listeners the chance to win a prize that's going to help them with their RevOps journey at the end. So be sure to listen all the way through. So before we get going, seeing as this is our first episode, I thought we'd be good to just take a moment to introduce ourselves. So Charles, why don't you take us away and tell us a little bit about your background? So my background is 27 years looking at marketing technology, uh, data and uh, measurement all to improve how you deliver marketing and make it more effective. So I've dealt with big organizations like Unilever, Shell, British Telecom, IBM, the list could go on. And I have a particular interest in, in data and the technology and the measurement and all about making marketing and sales work harder to deliver against business goals. Great. Thanks, Charles. So, I mean, just, I guess, saying a little bit about my myself, I started off my career with an agency side, a big agency similar to Charles, working for BBDO in New York. Um, lastly, spent quite a lot of time working in the car industry. So I headed up agency side CRM for Lexus in the UK, headed up marketing consultancy for BMW Group amongst quite a number of other roles for various manufacturers, um, before founding a business called Inquiry Lab. Um, Inquiry Lab specializes in inbound and account-based marketing for B2B technology companies, as well as providing the technology that powers these strategies, in this case, HubSpot. And you know, this is really what launched us into our current business or a business we run alongside Inquiry Lab, which is RevOps Lab, which is really concerned with that combination of people, processes, and technology that powers really efficient businesses. So Charles, let's take things away with the definition. What actually is RevOps? Well, from a simplistic point of view, RevOps is about joining up marketing, sales, your onboarding organization, and your customer success, so that they are all delivering to what your organization, your organization's goals. So Every organization, it's about revenue and profit. So Forrester Research did some work in this area, and they asked a 1,000 global companies about revenue ops. And 86% of the executives they interviewed said it was very important to their organization, but only 41% actually understood what it was. So again, this is, to me, it's all about aligning all of the people processes and systems to deliver. But Chris, let's have a look. What are some of the definitions that that other organizations come up with? I think that's such an interesting stat, this kind of 41%, you know, they're only very confident about what they understand revenue operations to be. And I think it really speaks to a lack or a low state of kind of concept maturity. You know, it means different things to different businesses. It means 
you know, different things to different technology providers who are driving their own agendas. You know, I, you, you look at the Salesforce definition, I think it's really interesting. You know, it's sort of typically they have a very functional view on the matter. So they say that RevOps is a B2B function that uses automation to help teams make decisions that grow their business, you know, that it brings everyone together from marketing, sales, service, and customer success and finance around three shared goals, a price for better conversion and margin reducing revenue leakage and using customer data to identify new revenue opportunities and you know whilst i think it's really difficult to argue with any of that as as being valid it for my mind takes quite a narrow view of the organization because it really just focuses on product to quote quote to cash so it's it's got a fairly narrowly defined viewpoint albeit a very very important part of the organization you know we talked about that Forrester study early and earlier and you know that i think their their view is is a little bit broader than that so you know they they talk about you know revenue operations um being the sort of strategic and organizational alignment of resources people processes and technologies that drive the conversion of prospects to customers and crucially i think maximize their lifetime value and you know that that's so so fundamental i think in this sort of view of the world and and again kind of hard to disagree but um for me i, I quite like the hubspot definition you know obviously we have a degree of bias there but you know they talk about it being a mindset and a practice and the manifestation of unifying your internal operations and really making sure that your business runs friction free and that your customer experience does the same so you know taking that that wider view to say when we look at revenue operations we appreciate that revenue starts far beyond the interaction with product and goes far beyond the point at which money hits the bank account and i think that's absolutely right i mean wouldn't you say absolutely and the the whole point is that the the organization is trying to deliver against a very specific set of goals unless those goals are aligned across all departments and then turned into what that department is attempting to do but all aiming for the same efficient way of doing this it just won't all join up and this is the key about joining up so marketing we all know what marketing's objective is and that is to sort of you know drive a an audience set and drive them into wanting whatever the product is but actually what's key about that is that marketing then should be pulling out the most relevant audience to pass on to sales it shouldn't just pass everybody on to sales and it's aligning that so that that join between marketing and sales actually works it's then making sure that sales actually as they convert people are converting people into something that your onboarding team can actually deliver so again it's very important that they don't just sell because they can but they're actually selling to a specific set of products and and services which are aligned with the next stage of the process and that next stage of the process once it's onboarding needs to align with who's going to take that on and manage it over time and it it sounds simple but in practice it is quite a tricky thing to do to align people because everybody's busy they all tend to focus in on their specific set of objectives and therefore this alignment we'll use this word over and over again but most people's experience is that 
different parts of an organization aren't necessarily aligned. I think yeah, in, that's you know, absolutely in a nutshell what it's about. It's revenue operations sort of transcends these, these silos and aims to kind of stitch them together around data and around technology. You know, we, we've got and we're very used to having marketing operations, sales operations, you know, to, these silos having their own processes and their own view of the world and their own perspective on how you optimize that. And Invariably, they're right in isolation, but it's those handoffs, it's the customer, the, the person that really this process should start and end with, jumping between each one of those buckets and having potentially a different experience, you know, taking one step forward and two steps backwards, as the old analogy goes, because that data hasn't passed over. And, you know, that, that in a nutshell, as you so eloquently put it, is it's about making sure that you use revenue operations as a process for aligning each one of those jumping off points and making sure that as the customer goes, as the opportunity moves along, contextual and behavioral data goes with it. And the processes facilitate the application of that data to a better customer experience and in turn a faster path from one end of the process to the other. So increasing revenue velocity, you know, in the sales organization, increasing deal velocity. That's how revenue operations impacts revenue is by making that process smoother and faster to my mind. And again, it, it, because it has that overview of the whole operation, until you have that overview, it's very, very difficult to make that operation work more efficiently. Because again, if you make one part of an operation more efficient, that might deliver too many things to deal with into the next part of the operation. You know, if your marketing is you know, supposedly just operating in generating leads, if it generates too many leads, then sales may not be able to deal with it. So again, you've got to make sure that everybody's aligned in terms of their objectives. So actually, one of the purposes of marketing is not just delivering leads, it's delivering quality leads that will actually convert quicker through the sales process. So again, what is a quality lead to sales? Do marketing always ask that question? That's the question they need to be asking, what does a quality lead look like? And that's where you get into the data and you need to do that analysis of working out who is actually converting through the sales process. So who are the sort of people that marketing should be focusing on? If people convert through the sales process, even when you get onto onboarding, there will be people, for one reason or another, fail that onboarding process. Have you actually worked out why that is? Is the way you've described your product not quite working in terms of who you deliver who actually buys the product. So again, it's really key that the people who are on board, who do that work, understand what has been sold and how they should deliver it. So those two teams need to be talking to each other. And finally, when you get through to customer success, what is it that was originally the concept that was sold by marketing that was actually bundled up by sales into a set of products has actually been delivered does that actually deliver against the promise that marketing put out there? And it's exactly that, isn't it? You know, you, you've got these, you know, to my mind, four components of that problem. You know, you, you've got the people that are having these customer interactions and, and building these campaigns and delivering these customer experiences. You know, you've got the systems and the technology that they use to deliver them. And you've got the processes they follow. You know, it's that sort of trifecta, which is, it, which is what, 
is the nuts and bolts of delivery. And, and sort of sat underneath this, you've got this fourth component, which is data. And for me, that's that's the really big opportunity that organizations of all kind of sizes and, and scales and, and sectors have, which is now we've got this technology and we've spent quite a lot of time onboarding lots of different bits of technology into our organization. You know, I think you look at these charts now where there are literally thousands of different business applications that you can buy and they've all been adopted, but they're not really stitched together. And by taking a a technology view or a technology first view almost of the world to be able to say, how can we stitch all of these together around these unified goals that you talked about, around these unified methods of reporting and data uh, analysis that, and you know, how can we then build our people and our processes around that using what I would term a systems thinking approach to make sure that they all work in harmony. So when you have that handoff, you know, from sales, from marketing to sales, you know, that, that handoff comes with A, as you exactly rightly put it, it's the right lead and the right volume because we've aligned around what the objective is. But but actually, well, how do we then help you sell that? Well, that that's about packaging that lead with a load of behavioral data around it. You know, what did they look at? What did they download? What did they interact with? What pages did they go on over what period of time as an individual? But also, what's the organizational context? Who else in their organization was looking at stuff? Were they looking at the same things? You know, all of this is absolutely pivotal to the rate at which you can accelerate that sales opportunity into being a customer. And the next level of that is obviously you look at all of that, you do that basic analysis of, of what has passed through your sales system and how successful that was. And that needs to feed back to marketing to say, actually, the people we were able to convert quickest and who generated the most revenue looked like this or the organization looked like this. It had this sort of structure. The influencers within that structure looked like this. The people who actually bought looked like this. They came through these channels. They consumed this content. And that is a key feedback loop because marketing, again, will put as much stuff out there as they can. That's their job. But actually, is it useful stuff they're putting out there? What, what insight can you get from the sales process that will allow marketing to do things more efficiently, more effectively? And it's about efficiency and effectiveness because if you're not efficient, it costs you money and you're wasting money. And I think, you know, that that's so key is that it's not just having the data, it's having a process to make sure that that data is used in a meaningful way as it flows through this sort of process. And I think that's, that's where the system design comes in. I, I guess just to wrap up this point on definitions, you know, I, I think it's probably worth sharing our perspective on uh, as a definition on what revenue operations is. And, and I think the where we've got to with this, and I think what we really believe is the way that you should take this forward in an organization to generate this efficiency and this effectiveness that you talked about is to make it a business function, first and foremost. So it, it is something that needs to be driven by someone, be that a partner or an internal team. And it's something that really that function should have the aim of maximizing the organization's revenue potential and do so by deploying a systems thinking approach to driving what we term full funnel accountability through the alignment, you know, that word that, we, that we've touched on quite a lot of marketing, sales, service, and the functional elements like finance of the organization, uh, and doing that by making sure that the processes, the technology, and the people all align around that common goal. And, you know, I, I think this is something that's 
gaining a significant amount of momentum. And I guess just to end with a, this section with a stat, you know, what we've seen is that 57% of organizations that have an awareness of revenue operations are planning to invest in a specific revenue operations function in the next 12 months. And I think that's quite telling, isn't it? Definitely. And and what is is helpful here, again, if you just say, oh, we're now going to have 10 people in our revenue operations department. Again, it's having had the thinking process beforehand to say, what are they actually going to do? Because again, we're talking about objectives and just saying, align four parts of my organization is not a clear objective. So it's that strategic thinking you need to do beforehand to say, as an organization, what are we actually trying to do? Who are we trying to deliver to? What are we trying to deliver? What are our timescales? Are we about acquisition? Are we about upsell? Are we about retention? So having those thoughts, which already exist from a marketing point of view, but don't always exist right the way through the organization. So what is it? How does that fit? Once you set up your team, you give them those objectives and their job then is to say, which elements of our strategy, how do we make that happen in marketing? What's important to marketing? What's important to sales? What's important to onboarding in terms of those individual metrics? And therefore, how do we then optimize that over the time and make it work? Perfect. Well, look, I mean, I think that's a really good kind of segue into talking about data. You know, for me, everything that you're kind of talking about there starts and ends with objectives and those objectives need to be measured. So, you know, from your perspective, what are the foundations of a solid approach to kind of data and measurement in the context of revenue operations? Again, the key thing is that once you've got that strategic level of what you're trying to achieve, you need to start converting that into data points. What is actually going to tell you whether you're achieving against each of those objectives. So if we talked about an acquisition scenario, obviously you've done your market sizing. Hopefully you've done your market sizing. You're sitting there and you say, here's the market for this product. These are the number of people who are in the market. I would expect that if I do my marketing strategy, I'm going to pull this number of people in. And then you're going to take those people and say, which are the best prospects in here? So you have to have some sort of process. That will mean you have to capture data points. Now, if we're talking about marketing, most of those data points are going to be around, are my target audience consuming the information I'm putting out there? So it's all going to be about counting stuff and determining at what point you think they've consumed sufficient of your marketing to make them a good prospect for sales. So that's the key thing. And there's lots of technology out there that can do that. But again, it's it's making sure you collect those data points, put them all in one place and make sure they work. Then that's passing on the relevant element of that data to sales. I mean, ultimately, is a salesman interested in how many visits somebody has made to a website? Probably not. Mm-hmm. unless you can prove that that is indicative of somebody w- willing to convert. So again, it's giving them the right information. So it's it's actually not how many times people visited, but what they consumed. So these are the sort of things that you need to think through. And as Christian, in a systematic way, most of that information will already exist in people's heads in your organization. 
And what we need to do is sort of pull some of that out and build a strategy from it and identify the data points we want to collect, identify how we're going to measure those, identify which of those are then predictive of the next step in your process. I mean, we talk about data-driven marketing, but it's it's more than that. It's, it is using the data in a very efficient way to actually make things work harder. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I think that certainly in larger organizations, you know, this point of kind of strategic objectives and goal setting that you talk about, it is actually the launch pad. It's the foundations on which you build a revenue operation strategy. But as with any set of foundations, if you don't build those objectives right, you know, everything that sits on top of that um, has a lower chance of succeeding. And, you know, for me, I, I've always had this perspective, I think, that certainly in B2B organizations, that there is a danger that execs, I think, perhaps have this perspective that any chart that's a good chart goes up and to the right, you know, more is more. And and if you're talking about profit, invariably that's true. If you're talking about website visits, if you're talking about the number of leads that go to your sales team, I'm not sure that is true. And, you know, your, your point about measurement and data sitting at the heart of that is understanding what a great customer looks like, where they come from, what their characteristics are, and flowing that down the entire process, I think, is is so critical because th- there's an old, old, old adage about doing less better. You know, we hear this in organizations periodically or indeed constantly, I think, in some of them. But, but actually, um, we very rarely talk about getting less that's of higher quality as being a viable strategy, but I think it absolutely is. And when you are, say, in that B2B context, presented with the technology to measure quality and to measure engagement and to measure who's engaging rather than just how many people are engaging, it presents so many more opportunities. So for me, I think, and I would be interested to know whether you agree, that there's an element of perhaps needing to reset what we're measuring around the opportunity presented by the technology that now exists in organizations. Absolutely. And again, we, we talk about measurement. What are you measuring? What is the value inherent in any particular customer? So again, we, often we talk about lifetime value, and that will depend on the type of business you're running. If you're doing one-off big ticket sales, then potentially lifetime value may not be so important because it might be a there might be a big gap between one sale and the next. So maybe that not, isn't your focus and your focus is about those one-off sales. But if you're an organization that's selling a service over a period of time, then lifetime value becomes very important because the, the cost normally of onboarding somebody is quite significant. So it might be some time before you actually turn a profit from an individual customer. So when we talk about measurement and people can get can get quite uptight about measurement and think, oh my God, you know, I've got all these metrics I've got to look at. They are actually very, very important. And again, we go back to the to the strategic thing. What is an organization you're trying to do? Are you talking about acquisition sales? Are you talking about lifetime value? And it, in probably all organizations, ultimately, yes, it's sales and profit. But how do you make a profit? Is it just on margin or is it, you know, does cost to serve come into that? Is it a long-term profit motivation? So you need to dig into these a little bit and say, right, I want to make a profit. What's that profit made up of? How does that ladder back to revenue? How does that revenue ladder back to sales? 
How does that sales ladder back to marketing? And it's about going through that process in a systematic way. So eventually you tell your marketing team, actually, the objectives you have and the things we want you to measure and the things we want to deliver, we know that if you do that, eventually it will have an impact on the bottom line. So you're not just counting stuff because you can, you're counting stuff that matters. And when they pass on to sales, sales know exactly what they've got to do. They will know who the better customers are. They will know where to focus their attention to actually do a conversion. Yeah, and I think that that's so true that that businesses, and I think there's an opportunity here for many of them, that I think lots of businesses are very focused on you know, net new, they're focused on acquisition, uh, that revenue gets driven by having more customers almost at any cost. And I think revenue operations and that sort of data environment, that data ecosystem, it gives you the opportunity, I think, to really understand where revenue comes from and to be able to see that the opportunities for upsell and cross-sell and, you know, retention and, and how you influence that. And I think looking at that sort of broader perspective of, where does revenue come from? And indeed, where does profit come from? Perhaps more importantly than just revenue. You know, I think that it's very easy to get caught up in that sales operations mindset of where do the leads come from? Where do they go? Who delivers against them? And how do they get sold? Whereas actually taking a step back and looking at that broader view of the data and saying, okay, here's the total opportunity, which is managed accounts, in-funnel accounts, lapsed accounts, and our net new opportunity where is my time and budget best invested in delivering against a number? And I think probably one step before that even is where did that number come from? You know, is that just driven by, we did 10% last year, so we're going to do 10% this year. Is there a market measurement piece that sits underneath this? Um, In the enterprise space, you'd like to think so. I think when you look into SME and mid-market, I think that that becomes less easy to evidence. <laughs> there is obviously this thing that any sale is a good sale, but you know, and that that's a mindset that exists and is not always true. And until you understand the whole of that funnel, your opportunity. So sales may be, you may do something in your sales uh, team and make them really efficient at converting every lead they're given, but actually your profit doesn't go up. And that's because they may be very efficient at converting leads, but are they the leads you actually wanted? Some of them may have a high cost to serve. So again, it's, it's understanding that complete funnel from one end to the other. And then you have the opportunity to go and look at that funnel and go, well, actually, if we just tweaked it here, you know, 1% change here makes a big difference to the bottom line. So actually, how do we tweak that 1%? And actually, that 1% is based on Oh, a 15% conversion up here. How do we tweak that 15% conversion further up the funnel to make that 1%, 2%, which suddenly has a big difference? And again, it's knowing how all of these data points work together. It's not individual data points. It's how do they work together to make the whole funnel more efficient? And once you've done that, you can then start to say things like, where are the high cost points Mm -hmm. in this funnel? Those high cost points, are they actually delivering? Does that amount of money actually give me a benefit? If I tweak that down, what happens? What happens? And again, 
you can get into this sort of A-B testing, test and learn scenario that once you have that strategy, once you have those metrics in place, you can start to tweak each of them and see what difference it makes. And this is where technology can help hugely because it can capture those data points. You can build your dashboards and you can have a look at what is what is actually occurring throughout the funnel and optimize it over time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that that point about bad fit customers is such a a great example of something you can tackle with RevOps because if we know what makes a good fit customer and we know the customers that are giving us pain every single day once we've got them, they generally are there is a set of characteristics that sit around that. And by then going three or four steps backwards up the process and looking at, okay, well, what's our process for qualification of leads? You know, what's our process or our objectives and targeting that we have around around acquisition of leads? So by asking the right questions earlier in the process, by having our media spend optimized around what we our ideal customers look like, you don't get that problem later on in the process. But uh, and I think for me, it's in a nutshell, you know, that we were talking about definitions in the last section, but ultimately it's around having RevOps is about kind of creating a culture of optimization, a culture of quality of interactions and a culture of quality of customers um, that that it can then be driven by that sort of people processes systems approach to make sure that as you say okay well what's a bad customer how do i make sure we don't get one you know that that's revenue operations in a in a nutshell one little microcosm of it but but i think a very tangible example of how you can deliver value absolutely because otherwise you end up in the situation potentially where you have a you know a customer who's high cost to serve and one who is not high cost to serve and actually that's customer successes problem but actually, it should be everybody's problem. Yes. That's the point. It shouldn't just be, oh, we've delivered the sale. Now, customer success, you make it work. That's not how it should work. It's about, actually, we've delivered a quality sale of somebody who's going to engage with us properly, not cause us too many issues, and actually will deliver revenue. That's the ideal. Now, if we're going to do that, then the sales have to be able to identify those people you know, marketing have to be able to identify and drive the right people to sales. And again, we just, it's just aligning. It's just aligning that we're all actually trying to achieve the same set of objectives. Now, within that, we'll each have our own metrics and we have to tune those metrics. Obviously, sales teams are interested in making sales, but marketing's job is to deliver them quality leads, not just leads. And the sales team is to convert the people who are going to use the services that you're selling and not sort of buy them and then put them on the shelf. The last thing you want is somebody who buys your service and then doesn't use it effectively because that leads to bad reputation. So again, it's alignment, alignment. And we'll say this over and over again. And both Chris and I have been into lots of organizations where you look at it and you go, they're not really aligned. They're all delivering against different metrics, which don't ladder up to an overall strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of my favorite phrases, and unfortunately, perhaps most used phrases around this, is is vanity metrics. You know, it's a, it's being aligned around the things that make us look good, not the things that make us money. And and I think that's you know something that's so prevalent in many organisations. So to round this section out, then, if we were going to pick a handful of metrics because we know that in every part of this process there are dozens of metrics that we could be looking at but if we were going to pick a couple 
to be fundamental to the success of a revenue operations team, what would you pick? You take us away with one or two? That's quite, that is quite a tricky one because it's like, from a marketing point of view, how do you tell what a good customer looks like? But again, it's back to you. It's almost actually, it's not a metric of how many customers, it's how many good customers. And that, that means you've got to come up with a definition of good. Yeah. And that is quite a tricky thing to do. We have lots of technology now that operates on scoring systems to determine what's good. And that, that's no bad way of doing things. That's quite a, we, we all effectively do it in our own brains anyway. Whenever we meet somebody, we start scoring them straight away in our own heads. You know, yeah, what do they look like? What do they talk about? Do they talk about the same sort of things as I talk about? So again, it's about using the technology in its most efficient way to actually pull apart potentially good customers from potentially bad customers. So we're going to take it away with what percentage or number of good fit organizations that we've got in the, in the funnel. Yeah, absolutely. It would be again, in terms of, you know, we all love a dashboard. We want everything visualized. So you'd almost color code what your marketing was doing in terms of, you know, what a proportion are, are green really look like really good customers. What proportion are, are orange. They're sort of, Potentially good customers might be worth, you know, the investment and then leave alone customers because actually, although they're interested in us, they, they don't look like they're fit. Yeah. Because again, a customer may look at a product and go, oh, that could do something for me, but they won't know your product as well as you know your product. So you have to determine, you know, exactly the type of customer who would be a good fit for your product and give that information to marketing so they can use it to pull out potentially good customers from not so good customers to potentially bad customers. And then they know where to target their media. And then they can pass higher quality leads through to sales. Sales have got a better chance of converting higher quality leads into good customers. So I reckon absolutely either potentially good fit leads, maybe you could express that as ideal customer profile tiering or something. I would add to that one as we kind of jump off in that between our, you know, potentially breaking down silos of sales and marketing, that cost per acquisition has got to be another one that's absolutely key core and critical there. Absolutely. Cost per acquisition is important, but always within within that concept of quality acquisition. Because if something is a very low cost acquisition, but then has a high cost to serve. So again, at the other end of the funnel, it's all about cost to serve. And it's about, again, aligning these metrics. So in terms of cost to serve, you may need to actually invest more in the acquisition process to learn more about that customer. Mm -hmm. So you know that you can actually work with them and, and make them successful. So again, that's a really, really good point. One metric in isolation yeah. does not nail it all. Or, or rather it's about definition of what good looks like because uh, cost per acquisition doesn't necessarily have to be the lowest cost per acquisition. It just has to be the target cost per acquisition that delivers you the leads that you want. <laughs> Absolutely. So cost per acquisition for a quality lead could be higher than for a, a non-quality lead. Uh, uh, yeah. So you're not necessarily all, again, this is about when Chris says about which direction do, do graphs go in, you know, everybody wants a cost per acquisition to go show downwards, but that's not necessarily giving you the full picture. 
Yes. So again, it's aligning the metrics, making sure that they they actually deliver what you're trying to achieve with your customers. So at a marketing function, it is about how many quality leads we're delivering. Define quality. In a sales situation, it's what's our conversion rate against those quality leads? How much is it costing us to convert them? What conversations are we having? Can we tell the difference between a good conversation and not good conversation? I mean, a key thing in there is is about whether an organization is actually ready to buy, whether they have the budgets and all those sorts of things. Sales teams will understand that fundamentally, but it's how do we turn that into two or three metrics, which are key. Um, Velocity is a key one through the funnel. If somebody's ready to buy, they're likely to move quicker through your sales funnel than if they're not ready to buy. When you come to onboarding, the key thing there is time to onboard because that's where all the cost comes from. And it's difficult to say here's a generic set of of measures because they will vary from one business to another. But it is very key to have these top-level metrics that you can look at and go, actually, you can monitor over time and you can almost, they're almost health metrics where you look at them from one month to another. And again, it's, are they moving in the right direction? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess wrapping that one up into, it feels like we've got to kind of five there. So we've got that kind of ideal customer profile tiering. We've got that cost per acquisition for a lead. We've got that percentage that are being qualified. So if we're looking at kind of life cycle stages, uh, the number that go from sales qualified leads into being opportunities, perhaps. We've got deal velocity. How fast do they turn from a lead into a customer? And we've got cost of actually acquiring them as a customer, that ultimate cost per acquisition uh, within the funnel. Anything you want to add to that one? I think that's probably, uh, I mean, the more difficult one is is customer success metrics. And I suppose there you're talking about in terms of what level of engagement have they got with us as an organization? Almost what are their usage stats? Yeah. This is a, a very interesting one. It's all right selling something, but are they actually using it? And you, so you need to build something around how are they using it? What proportion of their organization is using it? which is an interesting thing. And then ultimately, you know, their... Um, kind of customer happiness, it's, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, yeah. it's the satisfaction survey stuff, you know, how satisfied. We all do this. Once a year with all our customers, we go, you know, and we look at the average. Well, actually, the average is interesting, but actually even, even breaking that down into the really satisfied customers, the less satisfied customers than the, you know, the awkward customers, and then delving into that a little bit and saying how do we feed that back right the way back through the sales organization right the way back through the marketing organization so we get more people who are likely to be satisfied with our service so again that that is quite key and obviously there is then the opportunity if they're a satisfied customer they're more likely to buy more off you so what have you got else that you could sell them so these are all again very key metrics Absolutely. So I think to to perhaps start wrapping this up in terms of our what is RevOps objective, um, I think we're using this definition to say that really RevOps is taking a systems thinking approach to how we align marketing sales service 
and functional teams within the business around this objective of increasing and maximizing the organization's revenue potential. And I think when we're looking then at that sort of measurement of, okay, well, what are we aiming? What, you know, what are the, what's the needles that we're move, looking to move as a revenue operations team? You know, we're looking at how many great fit customers are we getting in? What's the cost of acquiring those leads of those great fit customers? You know, what percentage of those leads are being qualified and turned into sales opportunities? How fast do those opportunities move to the point where they become customers? What's the cost of acquiring that customer? And once we do onboard them, how much are they utilizing our product across what percentage of the organization? And ultimately, how happy are they? You know, NPS and CSAT. So I think that's probably a pretty good summary of RevOps. You know, as we uh, move forward with the series and the podcast, we're going to be picking into some more of those topics in greater detail. We're going to be looking at some topics and we're also going to be looking at bringing in some guests and some interesting people from the world of RevOps to talk to us about what they're doing in their organizations. Right, so we promised at the start that if you stuck with us through to the end, that then there was going to be a little bit of a giveaway. And we've talked a lot about systems thinking, or let's speak a little bit about systems thinking in this podcast, and it's going to be something that we're going to actually probably devote a podcast to coming up. Now, there's a really great book about this uh, by someone called Donella Meadows. It's called Thinking in Systems. And it really looks at large-scale problem solving. And ultimately, RevOps is all about solving problems. It's identifying opportunities and you know fixing them, taking them. So we're going to give the book away. Um, what we'd love you to do is come follow us on LinkedIn um, and follow us at, on the RevOps Lab uh, LinkedIn profile. So if you search RevOps Lab on LinkedIn, and then click the companies button, we should pop up. You'll see a post on there about the podcast and about the book. If you comment on there, then we will pop you into the draw and we will pick a lucky winner before next week and we will put the book in the post to you. So do get on there, yeah, do comment, do tell us what you thought of the podcast, do give us some ideas for what we can do in future episodes that you'd like to hear about. And I think that's it for now. So thanks very much, Charles. It's been a pleasure. And thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time.